0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about the live stream church services, the daily devotional, and the podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael and his teaching called I Lay My Hand on My Mouth.
1: Job has been questioning the running of God, God's running of the world, even his handling of time. And God has appealed, if you were with us last time we were together in the book of Job, to the inanimate world, things like the earth that he made, the oceans, the stars, light and darkness, lightning, rain, hail and snow. We even considered the thought of thought itself. In fact, how can I even think about these things? By what Uh, design does my brain allow me to think deep thoughts, to ponder that the heavens do declare the glory of God? If I see a bird soaring in the air, if I see the wind moving through the trees, if I see a beautiful sunset with the uh, sky marked with all these different colors, if I consider the power of the waves, a snow-capped mountain, or the sun and the moon and the stars, Well, the fact that I can even consider those more deeply is because God gave me the ability to consider, to consider and think. And I would submit to you that we all need to do a little bit more considering of the beauty around us and the beauty that we sometimes take for granted, even in one another. And as God used these uh, 77 questions that he asked Job, within the questions I mentioned last time we were together are answers. And this is gonna cause us to think a little bit more deeply, but here's a little bit of review. In Job 38.11, God brought up the rain. He says, or he brought up, I'm sorry, the waves. He says, I said, thus far the sea, uh, you shall come but no farther, and here shall your proud waves stop, Job 38.11. And the point there was, God told the sea, you can only go so far. He put a line in the sand, if you will. And when God brought up the sea to Job, he was saying, yes, the sea looks ominous, sometimes powerful and dark. And even in tsunamis and and things when thing times when things look out of control, God stops it. It can only go so far. And Job felt like he was in the washing machine. And God says, you know what? I I put borders on the sea. It can only go so far. The sea is a picture of evil. And the Lord is saying to Job, evil has a limit. I will allow it at times for my own purposes, but it cannot cross the boundary for which I have of it. Secondly, Yahweh commands the rain in verses 25 through 28, 25 through 27 of chapter 38. And he commands the rain clouds to travel over desert barren areas. If we had control of the weather, we would never think of these areas. We'd only probably as selfish human beings think about our part of the world or our crops or what we need. One writer says, If human beings directed the weather patterns, they would guide them for their own selfish benefit. They would preserve the precious rain solely for the cultivated land and neglect the barren steppe. But such an egocentric policy would upset the balance of nature. And cause havoc to the cultivated lands. We talked about how with the rain. One application is that rain brings growth. But in Job's barrenness. As he asks questions about why what is happening to him is happening. Here's part of what God is saying. Job your life is going to become Water and growth to barren lives that you can't even imagine. And this is going to happen not only in your generation as you are restored. But as people read your story throughout thousands of years of time. They're going to learn within your suffering and how you dealt with it. And the questions and the answers that I am the answer to the problem of evil. That it's found in the power of the gospel. And there's even a hint in Job's suffering that there is one coming, the greater Job, who will go through his own desert experience and die uh, as the most innocent sufferer of all time and die on the cross inexplicably. And God will use that suffering to redeem the entire world and the universe. This, These are the ways of God. We don't always understand them, but here's what they are. And now God is going to take us into the world of wild animals of all things. (laughs) To prove his point, he's kind of gone from the inanimate uh, things like the clouds and the stars to the animate creation and namely here wild animals. And we're going to get some cameos from some different animals. It's going to be kind of cool. We'll have a few pictures for you as well. And this is about the wild animals coming across the screen. What can we learn from just a small sampling of things that God made. Well, God says to Job in 38, 39, can you hunt the prey for the lion or satisfy the appetite of the young lions when they crouch in their dens and lie in wait in their lair? I think it's interesting that God starts with the lion. The lion's supposed to be the king of the jungle. If you enjoy a little Wizard of Oz, ain't it the truth, ain't it the truth? But you know, the lion still needs to be fed, and the little lion cubs need to be fed as well. And even though the lion is the king of the jungle, he is still subservient to the lion of the tribe of Judah. Amen? And so this king of the jungle comes across the screen, the first cameo to consider. Now, you may be wondering, well, why animals right now? Because God's reaching into the created world to show things about the creator. And God is moving into animal life to show if he cares for even wild animals that seem to be so distant from mankind, then he surely cares for Job that's made in the image of God. And he surely cares for Job who's an upright and good man. And many of us have questions right now. You know, the world is a crazy place. There's so much going on and, We wonder, does God care for us? You know, David even said in Psalm 8, when I consider the the heavens, the works of your fingers, the sun, the moon, and the stars that you have ordained, what is man that you care for him? But David knew God's loving care, and David became a shepherd after God's own heart. And in the midst of David's turmoil, he learned to trust God. In the world of creation, in the world of animals, in the world of shepherd and sheep, in the world of even wild animals, there are lessons. And the lesson is this, that God even feeds the lion cubs. So we have before us what you could call predator and prey, the strange world of the wild animal kingdom. If you've ever watched one of those programs, one of those uh, National Geographic programs, Programs they can be a little hard to watch because you watch the lion on the hunt and he's kind of low in the weeds and you see that one little skittish deer off by itself drinking at the water hole and you're like, get out of the house, get out of the house. And then the lion chases that poor thing and grabs it and sadly kind of tears it up. And he brings it back to the lair so that the little lion cubs can eat. And God says to Job, can you do that? Well, in some ways, God has designed this fallen, cursed world with provisions. And those provisions are, interestingly enough, something has to suffer and die for other things to live. And there may be a little hint in this idea of the cross and the idea of redemptive suffering of the Savior. See, none of us would ever think and none of us would dare, hopefully, to bring a piece of steak to the lion cubs. Even though they're cute and cuddly, uh, you might want to keep your distance, if you know what I'm saying. See, that world can be dangerous. And that is the picture here. Job, do you even think about such things? Here's what's underneath. You're questioning how I run the world. You're questioning me about times and seasons and suffering and whether or not I care. I care about things that you probably give little thought to, Job. I take care of the animals and the people. God says in Psalm 50, verse 10, verses 10 through 12, for every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills. I know every bird of the mountains and everything that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all it contains. See, God made everything. Uh, Most recent estimates, almost 9 million forms, documented forms of plants and animals. Almost 9 million. And he cares for them all. Even the raven, the second cameo, the second uh, animal or bird that comes across the screen is the raven, the menace of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, if you're a Steeler fan, you feel me? If you're a raven fan, I'm sorry, we'll pray for you. But anyway, who prepares for the raven its nourishment when its young cry to God, would you notice in 41, and wander about without food? Who prepares their meal, Job? Now God continues to ask Job questions so that Job can consider things. If you were with us on our last Sunday service before we went full tech on you guys, I gave you Luke 12, 22 through 32 as a Passage for us to consider. And in that passage, Jesus said, consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They don't store up in barns like that sad man that built bigger barns and his soul was required of him that very night. They don't sow, reap, or store in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. How much more will he feed you, O you of little faith? Consider the birds. Again, Think about the word consider. Because that's what God is asking us to do. With each cameo of a bird or an animal, he's saying, look a little bit deeper. Your heavenly father even cares for the ravens. Check this out. This is Psalm 147, 8 and 9. Who covers the heavens with clouds? Who provides rain for the earth? Who makes grass to grow on the mountains? He gives to the beast its food and to the young ravens which cry. Psalm 147.
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment.
1: As you know, the coronavirus pandemic has forced local and state governments to make some regulations to keep people safe. That means Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California, the church behind Walk in Truth, where Michael Lance serves as senior pastor, must resort to live streaming their Wednesday night and Sunday morning services. Many churches are having to face the same shutdown to abide by social distancing regulations. If your church is unable to live stream their service, we invite you to fellowship with us from the comfort of your home during this unfortunate time. Visit walkintruth.com and click on church. That's walkintruth.com. Click on church.
0: Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth.
1: To bring a piece of steak to the lion cubs, even though they're cute and cuddly, uh, you might want to keep your distance, if you know what I'm saying. See, that world can be dangerous, and that is the picture here. Job, do you even think about such things? Here's what's underneath. You're questioning how I run the world. You're questioning me about times and seasons and suffering and whether or not I care. I care about things that you probably give little thought to, Job. I take care of the animals and the people. God says in Psalm 50, verse 10, verses 10 through 12, For every beast of the forest is mine, the cattle on a thousand hills, I know every bird of the mountains and everything that moves in the field is mine. If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all it contains. See, God made everything. Uh, Most recent estimates, almost nine million forms, documented forms of plants and animals. Almost nine million. And he cares for them all. Even the raven, the second cameo, the second... Uh, animal or bird that comes across the screen is the raven, the menace of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, if you're a Steeler fan, you feel me? If you're a raven fan, I'm sorry, we'll pray for you. But anyway, who prepares for the raven its nourishment when its young cry to God, would you notice in 41, and wander about without food? Who prepares their meal, Job? Now, God continues to ask Job questions so that Job can consider things. If you were with us on our last Sunday service before we went full tech on you guys, I gave you Luke 12, 22 through 32 as a passage for us to consider. And in that passage, Jesus said, consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They don't store up in barns like that. Sad man that built bigger barns and his soul was required of him that very night. They don't sow, reap, or store in barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. How much more will he feed you, Oh you of little faith? Consider the birds. Again, think about the word Consider. Because that's what God is asking us to do. With each cameo of a bird or an animal, he's saying, look a little bit deeper. Your heavenly father even cares for the ravens. Check this out. This is Psalm 147, eight and nine. Who covers the heavens with clouds? Who provides rain for the earth? Who makes grass to grow on the mountains? He gives to the beast its food and to the young ravens which cry. Psalm 147, Verse nine. Now, I want you to turn to Psalm 104, and this is just going to be a little bit now to your right. The psalms are right next door. Psalm 104, I want to take you through a psalm that's going to anticipate some of the animals that we're going to see in this teaching. Psalm 104, we're going to first start in verse 10. Psalm 104, verse 10. It says, He sends forth springs in the valleys. They flow between the mountains. Psalm 104, verse They give drink to every beast of the field. Notice in verse 10, he sends forth springs in the valleys. You have the wild donkeys. They quench their thirst. Besides them, the birds of the heavens dwell. They lift up their voices among the branches. 13, he waters the mountains from his upper chambers. The earth is satisfied with the fruit of his works. He causes the grass to grow for the cattle. All of this is God and vegetation for the labor of man. So that he may bring forth fruit, food from the earth, and wine which makes man's heart glad, so that he makes his, uh, may make his face glisten with oil, and food which sustains man's heart. The trees of the Lord drink their fill, the cedars of Lebanon which he planted, where the birds build their nests, and the stork whose home is the fir trees, 18. The high mountains are for the wild goats. We're going to see them in a moment. The cliffs are a refuge for the rock badgers who are chucking their rocks (laughs) at people. Do rock badgers throw rocks? Stop throwing those rocks. Anyway, I thought you might need a, maybe that's a little laugh. I don't know. Who made the moon for the seasons? 19. The sun knows the place of its setting. Thou does appoint darkness and it becomes night in which all the beasts of the forest prowl about. 21. The young lions roar after their prey and seek their food from God. When the sun rises, they withdraw and lie down in their dens. And then, notice, man goes forth to his work. After they withdraw, man gets up and works and to his labor until evening. O Lord, notice 24. How many are thy works and wisdom thou hast made them all. The earth is full of thy possessions. Back to Job. Now, you may be asking this whole thing about wild animals, predator and prey. uh, What's up with that? Well, here's the deal. As a human, do you know that you're at the top of the food chain? Now, I know that there are some people who are vegetarians and vegans and whatever. But man is at the top of the food chain. And even though when we go to the market and we might buy something, it's been prepared by a butcher, so we don't have to deal with all of that. But the point is, is that God has made provisions for all of us. That's the larger point. God designs and God provides. This is from Ash in his commentary on Job. He says, Suffering of one provides survival of another. Is it possible that in the counsel of God, this age is so ordered that suffering for some is necessary for the survival of others? Is this process of predation also a pointer to a deeper truth? Perhaps even the truth of redemptive suffering, that of Christ. That the day will come when the suffering of one innocent man will be God's means to bring life to a whole redeemed community. And he puts a question mark on it. It's something to consider. In the book of Ecclesiastes, as the writer ponders the the, the deep things of life, and, and a lot of them, are tough to deal with. They're enigmas. They're difficulty. He says, "A generation Ecclesiastes 1:4 goes, and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun sets, and hastening to its place, it rises again, blowing toward the south, then turning toward the north. The wind continues swirling along, and on its circular courses, the wind returns." All the rivers flow into the sea, yet the sea is not full. To the place where the rivers flow, there they flow again. In chapter 3, uh, verses 1 and 2 of Ecclesiastes, the writer says, There is an appointed time for everything. There is a time for every event under heaven, under heaven. A time to give birth and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. Some of you have experienced this. You have a loved one who passes away. And within that same time frame, a new child comes into the family. Maybe it's a child or a grandchild or a great grandchild. And life comes and death takes another. And and in this, the writer of Ecclesiastes says vanity, man. (laughs) All these things are vanity because he's looking at life Under the sun. He's not looking at life above the sun, if you will, from God's perspective. And this is what we need, especially in these times, but really in all times. We need to understand that our lives are not about just here and now, and trials do something important for us. They remove some of our worldliness. Because if we love the world, the love of the Father is not in us, and trials and suffering have a tendency to remove our worldliness. We don't don't, uh, rely so heavily on the things of the world that are passing away, but he who does the will of the Lord abides forever. You can check out 1 John 2, verses 15 through 17. See, trials and suffering remove our worldliness. Let me ask you, and I'm asking myself during this time, do I have some worldliness that needs to go? Some things that grab my time and attention that really don't have much to do with God and His kingdom. Do you know 39 1 back in Job? Do you know the time that the mountain goats give birth? Do you observe the calving of the deer? Now we have probably the Nubian ibex for the mountain goat. The third cameo is the mountain goat, and then we have the deer as well. The Nubian ibex inhabit the steep cliffs of the wilderness. In Israel, they are present in the regions of Qumran and Gedi and Sinai. They're up on the rocks. They're beautiful creatures. And uh, they stay there on the rocky hillsides. Their light tan bodies with lighter brown stomachs blend in well, well with the rocky hillside. The male has two magnificent horns that curl backward. These graceful creatures are very shy and are endowed with a keen sense of smell The hind or the fallow deer has similar characteristics. As the deer pants for the water brooks, so my soul pants for you, O God.
0: You're listening to I Lay My Hand on My Mouth, Part 1 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in the book of Job. A reminder that you can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you like on podcasts. You can listen on our Living Truth app or on your favorite podcast app like iHeartRadio, Apple Music, Google Music, Spotify, or Stitcher. You could even listen to previous programs too. There's actually a lot to listen to whenever it's convenient for you. So you can listen in your car, you can take a walk and listen to Walk in Truth, or whenever you feel like it. Again, listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, here's Pastor Michael.
1: Well, happy Thursday as we uh, are in the book of Job. You know, I some months ago, I was praying about our next book as a uh, fellowship here at Living Truth in Corona, where I have the privilege of serving as senior pastor. And as I prayed about our Wednesday night service that we do, um, the book of Job was on my heart. <laughs> and I was like, Lord, are you sure? <laughs> Job, come on, 42 chapters of Job verse by verse? Really? And it was like, really? And so off we went. (laughs) And what you're catching on the broadcast is some of the last parts of the book of Job. But we've been in the book of Job for a while. And now I look back and go, oh, Lord, maybe I was hearing you right. Because you knew where we were going to be right now in this world, in this country, as a church. Wow. God is good. God is faithful. And and brethren, I, I just say that to tell you I'm nothing. <laughs> you know, I have the same struggles as you. I, I pray over where we should go next. And I wrestle with, is it me? Is it you, Lord? Um, I just want you to know that God is faithful. That's all I'm saying. And he had us in the book of Job for a reason. And you can catch up on the book of Job. You can listen on our Living Truth app, search for it, download it today, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Come back tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching relevant to what we're all facing today called, I Lay My Hand on My Mouth. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to reach out with God's truth to encourage, teach, and bless you during a time of hardship.